Welcome to this Christian Patriot News Update. Today is Sunday, September 5th, 2021. Devolution is the theory that Trump is still president behind the scenes and in full control of the U.S. military. I made an initial presentation called The Theory of Devolution for anyone lacking a basic understanding of this theory. It's in the description box under today's featured links. Trump and the U.S. military were very well prepared for the election theft that occurred in the November 3, 2020 presidential election. The U.S. is involved in a covert, silent war with the Communist Chinese and the deep state, worldwide, globalist cabal. Eleven high-level military leaders, these are called combatant commanders, ten of whom were actually appointed by Donald Trump, control seven geographic locations, and only a very small number of people actually know the entirety of the plan. Apple has just announced a controversial new security update. The tech giant stated that they will scan every iPhone, iPad, and Apple computer connected to iCloud for illicit materials. Edward Snowden slammed these plans, calling them a disaster in the making. Nearly 100 policy and rights groups have asked Apple not to go through with the update. Apple isn't the only company doing this. Most tech giants breach your privacy in multiple ways, but you can fight back by using a VPN. This is why I love having Virtual Shield. Virtual Shield adds an extra layer of security to my online accounts. It routes a user's activity through their encrypted virtual tunnels. This prevents hackers, corporations, and your ISP from tracking you across the internet. Plus, Virtual Shield has a strict no-log policy Unlike typical VPNs, it's fast, secure, easy to use, and there's no hidden fees. I've tried the most popular VPNs, and Virtual Shield is still my favorite. I highly recommend Virtual Shield. Get 50% off today by using my link at www.virtualshield.com forward slash patriot or by clicking the first link in the description box below this video. The military has always been the only way our great nation will be restored. Those of you who watch Christian Patriot News on a regular basis know that God is truly the only way. Remember, the deep state had a 16-year plan to destroy America. Eight years of Obama followed by eight years under Hillary Clinton. Trump was installed by the U.S. military to stop them. Remember, they, that's the deep state cabal, never thought she would lose. Draining the swamp was never Trump coming in and firing a bunch of politicians. The global elite political establishment is a cancer. First, it must be fully exposed so that when you get rid of it, you get all of it. You don't want to leave anything behind. If you do, the cancer will eventually reemerge. The Biden regime is about exposure. Afghanistan is a perfect example. You're about to learn how Hunter and Joe Biden will literally profit millions of dollars off everything that happened there. And while the Biden crime syndicate stands to make millions, millions of Americans are finally waking up. Here's 12 minutes from a one-hour interview with Patel Patriot. He's an expert on the theory of devolution. The entire interview is in the description box below this video under today's featured links. Because 
first of all, I, I go through the, the chain of command in the military and, and how, you know, a devolution might look. And, you know, you get the comment all the time. Well, how is this possible if, if Biden has all of his people in, in the Department of Defense? You know what I mean? And so it, it shows you exactly who would be in control in the, in the military right now that, that Trump put in there. Um, that would I mean, they'd be the only ones that need to know to execute this plan. And then from there, I go through every step that the military and, and more specifically Cyber Command took um, you know, to prepare for election theft. And they started way back in, in 2018 before the midterms with their um, Russia small group, and they made it permanent with the election security group. And so if there was any form of foreign interference in, you know, whatever happened, you know, you don't like us talking about that, but if, if anything were to happen, they were prepared for it. And it's it's obvious. And, and it even says, you know, if somebody were to attack our critical infrastructure, that would be crossing the threshold into war. And that is kind of one of the overarching themes of the whole series is we are at war with with China, you know, so that it's, it's very important. But yeah, I agree. Number nine was was an, uh, an important one because it shows that the military was, in fact, prepared. And so, and one of the, the main points I took away from nine was, and, and I keep forgetting the exact term for this, but there's I think the 11 um, kind of heads of what, what are those called? The, the the combatant commanders. Yes, the combatant commanders. And so this is something that 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 was in a lot of ways, it made it, that was like the groundbreaking thing for me. Because you, you look at TV, you see General Milley and these other people, these woke generals, you're thinking, gosh, is this what's happening to our army? Um, but when I looked how you broke it down, that basically these combatant commanders are overseeing, I think it was the seven geographical, and then it was the four that were non-geographical that were more focused on, um, say, cyber or you know, uh, transportation. That basically, though, it was these people were the ones that were truly in control of the military that report. Now, am I correct that they report directly to the Secretary of Defense? Yeah. So, so the chain of command goes from the president to the, the secretary of defense, and then it goes straight to the combatant commanders. And they're the ones that they're the highest level of authority in the field in peace war. And then the big one is contingency operations, which is what a devolution continuity of government plan would be. So any, you know, they're the only ones that would need to know about the devolution plan. And they wouldn't have to tell anybody until the plan is ready to, I think, you know, reach their reconstitution phase. And so, so that's important. That's, you know, when you see all the stuff that's going on on TV, you see Millie, you see Austin, you see all the woke stuff coming out. None of it really matters because none of them are aware of what's actually going on yet. Yeah, it, when that was very helpful for me to understand. And so the, yeah. with these combatant commanders, and j- just the basic point is that you have a list of them on there. And I was going through looking at the dates they were all appointed. It's like, yeah. wait, 10 of these 11 combatant commanders were all appointed by Trump and they yeah. haven't been changed. And the one that came in there under Biden, you, you know, found the information that revealed that that was the one who oversaw, was it the, the kind of placement of um, uh, Flynn's brother, right, um, into his position? Charles Flynn. So he, he was, he's the head of the Army Pacific, which he reports to the, the Pacific combatant commander. And so, you know, I'm assuming Flynn and, and Mike, you know, you've heard people say that all oh, they don't get along, but they're from the same family. Um, I, I believe they're both patriots. And the fact that he would be elevated to that position, um, I can't imagine the, the combatant commander over there. I think his name is Aquilno. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but yeah. um, I can't imagine he would be okay with that if, you know, if he was truly a, a black hat, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, it was interesting. I think you also, you made a uh, kind of analogy of, of a company. It's like, well, if you're the CEO and you have your 10 heads of the different regions, it's like, it's like, regardless of say there's a new CEO that was supposedly in charge. Well, yep. if the heads of those, of those 10 or 11 different regions are all the same people from the previous, like what's to yep. say that they're not actually working together with the person that's actually in charge. And that was, I mean, that was very interesting for me to realize because again, you look at what's happening with these you know, woke generals that you know, Trump is calling out. And then with yep. Afghanistan, which I want to spend some time talking about Afghanistan, but sure. just looking at it and saying, gosh, well, ultimately, if, if this does come down to the military, which I do believe that you know, whether you're looking at devolution or not, the military is in a lot of ways, the thing that is the saving grace of what, what can protect America, whether yep. it's some through coordination with Trump or whether it's through the, you know, the generals themselves working together to, to mobilize people to do what's right. Like it's their 
constitutional duty to give their lives if they need to protect our country from foreign enemies. And that's the other thing too, is that understanding, and that was another big thing that kind of clicked with me through looking at your series, was that China becomes key in this. And um, this is what I thought you did a very good job with doing, was piecing together the instances, like talking about Lincoln with the Civil War, uh, other, yeah. other things like that, that saying that if our country is under attack, it gives the president these special abilities to protect our country. And then how you tie the fact, and even some of the things that, that Trump was saying about how you know, the, the COVID attack was worse than 9-11. It was worse than Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing, which I thought that was very uh, just telling because part of what I've you know, kind of like I sharpened my teeth on is looking at the Chinese Communist Party specifically. And I did a, a live show, I think it was called World War III Bioweapon, which detailed sure. went heavy into the fact that China had been planning to release a bioweapon as a way to bring down the United States. And this is the, the things they're talking about 10, 20 years ago. That's insane. I mean, you're exactly right. That's like I said before, the, the whole overarching theme of the the, the the basis for it is that we're at war. And those words that he used, you know, worse than Pearl Harbor, worse than the World Trade Center. That's, I mean, that's not something that you can say lightly. And a president saying that is a big deal. I mean, I know Trump can be a little hyperbolic at times, but he's not really mincing his words when he says that. So um, that, that was a real eye opener for me when I saw that. And I think I even have that in, in part one. I, I bring it up a couple of times, but in part one specifically, because that's the, the basis for everything that he does. Being a wartime president, you, you can, I mean, you can pretty much do whatever you need to do to respond to the threat. And so that's why I think devolution fits so perfectly is, I mean, it's the perfect answer to what's, what happened and what's going to happen. Yeah, and what's also something that adds to that, because you're right, if you look back at, um, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, Lincoln or some of the other pre previous presidents and the uh, Reagan and some things that were passed uh, or that they were allowed to do, Something that's also interesting is that I, I believe that there was originally what they called the 16-year plan, right? That it was eight years Obama, eight years Hillary as you know, to drive the final nail in the coffin of the United States, which, which truly is the, you know, the last you know, bastion of freedom in this world, right? And that's, yep. that's something that now we can see it more than ever. Look at what's happening in Australia, in, in London, all these areas. Yeah. But looking at that 16-year plan, which I think even started you know, with, with Bill and even the Bushes you know, coming up to that, I think that what they did is they were anticipating Obama leading into Hillary. So they they passed all these different you know, laws and different things that gave the president extra powers, thinking, that, okay, we're setting up, it's almost like we're unlocking all these doors so that once Hillary gets in, right, she can now have all this power. But the thing is that yeah. Trump got in in 2016, and you can see how a lot of what he's been doing is just using the powers that you know, came about through, say, the Patriot Act under Bush or some things under yeah. Obama. Now he's now using these things to wreck shop on the, the swamp. Yeah, yeah, no, that's interesting you say that, you know, the 16-year plan. Um, it, it's kind of a good segue into what I covered in, in part 10. So, you know, I didn't really get into politics until 2018. I mean, I, I voted for Trump in, in, in 2016, but I wasn't really paying attention, you know, through Obama's presidency. And in part 10, I cover a lot of, um, you know, what happened and the, the corruption that really took place in, in his presidency. And I did not realize, it, it was eye-opening for me writing part 10, because I did not realize how how corrupt the Obama administration was. And even before that, you know, Clinton, um, I mean, this goes back to, to 2001, if not before, but I cover Obama's presidency pretty heavily in part 10. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Trump, Trump and the military, I mean, this was really the only way to, to fix things. Yeah. And that's an interesting point too, because, um, you know, I didn't really get heavy into politics until probably 2017, you know, very similar to you. I, th I thought they were all sure. corrupt and I just kind of ignored it and said, uh, you know, I was more focused on exposing, you know, communist China, um, only to realize that it was actually 2017 really hit me. It's like, oh my gosh, they're on our own soil. But Yo. as I started getting into things, um, you know, it used to be even the word like the deep state was like a conspiracy term. But then you start seeing that and you start having, you know, Trump talk about these things. He's talking about draining, draining the swamp. And I also thought it was just interesting that, that you named your, uh, your most recent article, part 10, uh, the silent war. Uh, because part of a, a script I've been working on for a little while now is covering silent weapons for quiet wars, which this was back in the 50s that this document supposedly came out, which 
um, was a document really detailing a long-term plan to bring down the United States. And that's what's, that's something that as I've dug deeper into this, you start to realize wait, it didn't start with Obama. It didn't start with Clinton or even the Bushes, that these things, it's almost as if in 1776, when we declared our freedom, that same criminal enterprise that we were fighting against, the, the tyranny we were fighting against then, they just set, okay, they set into motion this long-term plan to eventually come back to get America. It's like, and the wow. more you dig in this, the more it goes deeper and deeper. And then beyond even the, say, the British Empire, it starts even before then, where you get into um, you know, some of these, these you know, royal families. And I'm not going to go too heavy into that kind of stuff, but you can see that it's like Trump draining the swamp is not Trump coming in and getting rid of, you know, firing a bunch of politicians. It's yeah. like, you, even if you look at the founding of the Federal Reserve, it's like America fundamentally has been under attack for a very long time. And so oh, draining sure. the swamp would take something very, very, very extreme to entrap and carry this out. And that's why I really liked about your, what you, what you kind of started pointing out in the Silent Wars article. Yeah, no, that's a great point. You know, I, the deep state, I think I mentioned in there, but I, I call it the political establishment and it's, yeah. it's, it's corrupt and it's been, I mean, it's, it's so prevalent and, and you're right. It takes something drastic to, to defeat this. You know, it's like, if you're, if you're, if you're going to remove a cancer, you need to expose it fully first to see where it's all at, see where it's infiltrated and then you dig it out. And I think that's what these last six or seven months over long Biden's been in office. This is exactly what it's done is it it's exposed everything. I mean, he's, his administration is completely, you know, they're just, they're terrible. They can't get anything done. Um, and this Afghanistan situation is just the latest example. Um, but, but that's, you know, part of the theory is that's, that's why Trump let it happen. He let Biden take office to expose, expose everything to, to America. I mean, he, Biden's administration is, is red pilling America by the minute. You know what I mean? Everything they do. And that's important. So one question that I'm getting a lot that really I have as well, if you look at everything happening with Afghanistan, which from a lot of ways, it looks like just a, a gift to China with the mineral rights yep. and who knows where these weapons are going to, whether they're going to be going to straight to the, you know, the, the PLA for reverse engineering. But how do you make sense of what's happened in Afghanistan, especially with the, the recent death of our you know, 13 soldiers? Um, that's what people are saying. So I, I, was, I try to monitor the overall you know, kind of public discourse on this and what people are talking yeah. about. And it seemed like before Afghanistan, there were a lot more people that looked at devolution and said, hey, this really makes sense. Whereas now a lot of people are saying, it doesn't make sense. How can we allow people to be, to be killed? If Trump's still in charge, why are people still there dying? Like, how do you make sense of how that fits into everything? Sure. So, I mean, it, it's a tough question and, it, it, you know, I'll, I'll try to provide the best answer I can. The first thing, you know, if, if we really are at war with, with China and this whole thing is a war, um, there's, there's going to be casualties. It's, it's just the unfortunate reality of it. And, you know, Trump, and when he implemented this plan and when he's carrying it out, they, they, they weigh the, you know, the risk, the, the cost benefit analysis, so to speak. They, um, you know, they know there's risks involved. I don't specifically think that because Afghanistan isn't unfolding the way it is that it, it points to devolution not being real. Uh, you know, if, if they have their plan of devolution, there's there's going to be certain red lines that have to be crossed for them to step in and interfere with anything. And and I don't think um, what's happening there, you know, Biden is still making the decisions. So so to speak, he's he's calling the shots. And I think that's a good thing. I think everything that's unfolding over there is that Trump expected it. And I, and I cover that in part 10 because the Biden family, they're they're set to financially benefit from China getting involved in in Afghanistan, getting access to those mineral rights. Hunter Biden is owns 10% stake in this company. It's called BHR. And again, you have to go to the, the article to read this all. It's towards the end. But he owns 10% stake in there. And th one of their holdings, this BHR, is uh, a Chinese company. It's the world's largest manufacturer in, in lithium batteries for electric vehicles. And you know, the, and then um, Afghanistan is sitting on like a one to three trillion estimated um, dollars worth of of mineral rights. And, and some of that is, is lithium. And so by China getting in there, this company getting in there, getting access to that, you know, the Bidens are going to financially benefit. So I think Trump knew this. I think he expected Biden to to want to withdraw. And so it's interesting when you look at what Trump did before leaving office, he said he wanted to to get all the troops out of Afghanistan. Right. But 
it came out a couple months ago or, or about a month ago, Chris Miller said that that never was actually a plan. He was only going to, he was going to pull out everybody except for maybe 800. He was going to leave some troops for counterterrorism and, and intelligence. So he said one thing publicly, but was doing another, another thing privately. He was going to use it as a bargaining chip. And so when Biden comes in, he, he's using that, that what Trump said publicly as his reason for pulling out of Afghanistan like he is, right? He's blaming Trump. Trump set this date. Um, but again, I don't think that's what Trump really intended. And and Biden's own, you know, Millie and Lloyd Austin supposedly told him, you know, we should leave somebody behind. We don't want to do this the wrong way. People could get hurt. But Biden said, nope, we're, we're not leaving. When I say zero troops on the ground, I mean zero. So he's pulling out. And now obviously it's, it's gone down the way it has and it's been a, a disaster. Um, but I think Trump expected him to do this. And so I, I think part of it is it's, it's exposing, you know, it's exposing how inept he is at the job. You know, mm. the, since Afghanistan started, and especially since those 13 troops died, it, you can almost feel America kind of wincing like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? You know what I mean? Like everybody's pissed. There's people that I haven't talked to politics in my entire life who are that's the first thing they bring up now is what the heck is going on in Afghanistan? You know what I mean? So it's, it's red pulling a lot of people. I don't know about you, but I'm not overly computer savvy. So when I signed up for virtual shield, I needed to make sure that sign up was going to be easy. It was. It only took a few minutes. And I need to make sure that setting it up on my devices was going to be easy. Installation just took five minutes on my home computer, my laptop, and my personal cell phone. I had to make sure that it was going to be easy to use and understand. Watch this. All I do is on whatever device I want to use, I just click on my virtual shield icon. My virtual private network comes up. I click connect. It's a single click. I'll move from being disconnected to connected in a matter of seconds. And on the bottom of your screen, you can see it says Los Angeles, California. Folks, I'm in the Midwest. I'm thousands of miles away from Los Angeles. So I use Virtual Shield to protect my privacy online and to remain anonymous. And you should too. Again, use the first link in the description box below this video and sign up for your free 30 day trial and Get 50% off on Virtual Shield for life. A special thank you to Lewis Roundtree 3. He shared this with me on Telegram. For those of you who don't yet follow us on Telegram, go to the last link in the description box. On Telegram, we are Christian Patriot News. You can type in our name or just use the link in the description box. This is Bonnie Jones' prophetic dream about two presidents. Now, if you've heard of Kim Clement, he also shared a prophecy about two presidents serving at the same time. In her dream, Bonnie talks about Donald Trump and Jimmy Dean were both presidents at the same time. Donald Trump was very presidential, but Jimmy Dean, he was always clowning around. Bonnie dreamt that she was one of several candidates to be selected as a personal secretary to the First Lady. So, Listen closely, or you might think, which I did until I listened to it again, that she's talking about being selected as the First Lady. She's not. She's talking about being selected as a personal secretary to the First Lady. She's going to discuss the difference between the media's coverage of Donald J. Trump and China Joe. Then she's going to share some facts that she looked up when she looked into this dream. Jimmy Dean was a country singer. He was born in Lamb County. Think the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was born in August of 28. That's 828. Think about this, Romans 828. God works all things for the good of those who love him 
and are called according to his purposes. You're going to hear about Big Bad John. Some miners were caught in a coal mine collapse. And Big Bad John, he got them out. So think about China Joe and everything that happened in Afghanistan. Americans were trapped in Afghanistan, and China Joe did nothing. He's going to talk about the 1971 movie starring Jimmy Dean. It was called Diamonds Are Forever. Think you're watching a scripted movie. That movie dealt with diamond smuggling and the White House. Enjoy this 10-minute clip, and then we'll move on. In this dream, I saw both Donald Trump and Jimmy Dean, who's known for the Jimmy Dean sausage. They were both the president. They were both the president at the same time. And President Trump was very presidential. He had that very, you know, like stern you know, matter of fact appearance. He was very presidential. Uh, he was getting things done. And Jimmy Dean, every time I would see him as president, he was always dressed very casual. And, um, and he was always basically clowning around. He was very joyful, having lots of fun, but he wasn't doing anything. Um, so, like I said, each time I would see him, he would just be basically clowning around. President Trump, now this is what he would do. When I would be around him, he was always offering to me and to other people a big bowl of strawberries. Now, strawberries speak to me of healing and also in the fruit of the Spirit, Bob's revelation of that, it speaks of kindness. So I felt that something that's being offered, the healing, and I believe there's healing coming through to this nation through the administration of Donald Trump. Now, in this dream, I was on the short list to uh, be selected as the president's wife. And I never saw her face. So I, I know it wasn't Melania, but I never saw the face of this woman, but I was on the short list of being uh, selected to be her assistant, like a personal assistant. There were three other girls and they were very young and they were, they were dressed like they were going to a party. You know, it was just party time. And I was dressed uh, like an administrator would be dressed. And I knew these girls were making fun at me. At one point we were in a press conference and a question was asked to the one young lady and she answered. Later, it's actually the last uh, scene, so to speak, in my dream, I'm seated at this round table and to right, directly across from me is President Trump. To his, well, to my right, between he and I, was his personal secretary, it was a young man. President Trump, after he offers me these strawberries, he said to me, was this girl inappropriate in answering the question at the press conference? And I said, yes, she was. She was inappropriate. She needed to keep quiet. You know, it's a greater wisdom to, and it's humility to keep quiet instead of many times just boasting in your own opinion.
Now, as he's asking me that, directly behind him is Jimmy Dean. And he's dressed in pajamas, pajama bottoms, a crazy shirt. And he is up, he's dancing, he's singing this song, and he's also telling a story. He's just acting crazy. And I thought to myself, you know, if this was President Trump doing this, he would definitely be criticized. The, the media would have, you know, just a, a ball with that. The president's wife looked over at me and she said, oh, he just loves telling that story and singing that song. And that's really where the dream ended. So, well, no, I'll take it back. President Trump asked his assistant, are you taking Bonnie to Texas tomorrow? So there was a little bit of discussion about that, him taking me to Texas. Now I believe Texas is going to be very instrumental in the upcoming season. And I'm going to say the reinstatement of President Trump. Now I wanna move on to something. Why was the Lord, this is, I was questioning the Lord, why were you talking to me and showing me Jimmy Dean as president? So I did a little bit of research. I remember Jimmy Dean from, you know, when I was a kid. And, uh, but here's some facts regarding Jimmy Dean. You know, he's a country singer and uh, he was actually born in Lamb County, Texas, which is like at the bottom of the hat. And as a small child, they moved to Plainview, which is the next county over. And I thought, you know, things are hidden for a time and then they're brought out into Plainview. Um, he was born in uh, August of 28, and then he died in June of 2010. He was Republican. His biggest song, what really took him to the top of the charts, was 1961. It was a song called Big Bad John. And I thought, okay, Lord, what are you saying in that? Do you know we have Donald John Trump? And that song itself was about the coal miners and that Big Bad John worked in the coal mine. And one day there was, everybody was basically afraid of him because he was so big, he's like six foot five. And he stood, you know, head and shoulder above the other men. So people were really intimidated by him. And I think in the same way, a lot of people have been intimidated by President Trump. Um, then one day there was, uh, the mine collapsed and 20 miners were trapped inside. So John came in and he held the beam up. You know, he was holding the standard up. The, the miners cried out, there's a light up above. So he held, he held that beam up, they were able to get out. And then of course, it collapsed and he was on the other side. So I felt the Lord was saying in that too, it's like, he, the Lord has a higher standard for America. And I believe what we saw through the past administration was a higher standard. And I'm not gonna get into all the politics of that. I just don't want to, you can figure it out yourself. But um, now, the other thing with um, Jimmy Dean 
1971, he played in a movie called Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> and uh, in that, he played the part of, his name was Willard White, W-H-Y-T-E. He was a reclusive billionaire, an industrialist, who owns a casino hotel called the White House, all right? And uh, in that movie, he's taken captive, is actually kidnapped by uh, Ernst Blofeld. And that man, he this is what Wikipedia says, James Bond impersonates a diamond smuggler to infiltrate the smuggling ring and soon uncovers a plot by his old enemy, Ernst Blofeld, to use the diamonds to build a space-based laser weapon. Bond has to settle, battle his enemy for one last time to stop the smuggling and stall Blofeld's plan of destroying Washington, D.C. and extorting the world with nuclear supremacy. Well, I'm not even gonna say anything more about that. Um, Willard White was kidnapped. He was hidden away and this uh, Blofeld occupied the penthouse, this Willard White's penthouse, or as it was called, the White House. He occupied that, stole his identity, stole his position, all right, and he had to be that uh, Blofeld had to be dealt with and removed. And then Willard White was uh, brought back to his penthouse. He and the diamonds. Now, I believe those diamonds, you know, the diamonds in the Bible, there's a couple different places it talks about diamonds. And the diamonds, I believe, was the third stone on the breastplate of the high priest of Aaron. We are those diamonds. We are the ones who have been forged in that furnace and we we are the diamonds in the hand of the Lord. In this movie, of course, they were released, uh, kind of released in, I was gonna say, into, into outer space, whatever, they were just let go. Nobody had hold of them and nobody sh should have hold of God's children except him. We should be following him. Now, I didn't want to make this a political thing. I do believe that it, it really points to uh, what the Lord is doing. I believe that he's saying that just like this Willard White was kidnapped, somebody else occupied his penthouse the White House, uh, and the whole thing was to destroy Washington, D.C. I think you can see the plan of the enemy unfolding, but the good news, you know, the Lord has his own James Bond, his 007, you know, seven is a number of perfection. We are the diamonds, and nobody can really steal us. We can give our authority away. We need to be following the Lord and doing what he says, not following a man, but following what the Lord is showing us to do. Let us not lose our focus 
okay? Let us stay, uh, keep our mind fixed on, on Jesus, reading his word, following what he's saying. There's many, many things that are trying to distract us right now. I do believe that um, you're going to see a reinstatement of President Trump. And I do believe that uh, Texas, somehow, Texas is going to be very significant. All those things that have been hidden are being revealed. They're being brought into plain view so that the Lamb of God will be revealed. Whether you like President Trump or not, he was, and I believe still is, God's choice for this nation. It is not too late for this nation to be saved and to be turned back to God. Remember, the best is truly yet to come, and we are going to love the way this movie ends. In the end, God wins. Good will prevail against evil. So when our favorite president gets back into the White House, that'll be a victory worth celebrating across the United States and around the world. But a greater victory, worth infinitely more, is that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The Gospel is this. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever puts their faith in Christ will not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm going to take you to a section of Matthew chapter 6 today. Matthew 6 says, Do not worry. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans, that's the unbelievers, run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And here's Matthew 6.33, one of my absolute favorite verses. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so there it is, Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So when it says to seek God first, I look at that as twofold. Number one, we are to keep God our number one priority, first place in our lives, first place every day. And number two, I like to seek God first every day before I do anything else. That way, before I face the world or have an opportunity to influence anyone in any way, I'm already filled to overflowing in my mind and in my heart with the perfect love 
of our Heavenly Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So my recommendation to you is to pray first every day and to read God's Word. For those of you who are baptized in the Spirit, the power and the fire of God, you can pray in tongues. You can sing praise and worship songs. You can worship God without singing. You can just let Him know that He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is and who was and who will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and whose kingdom will have no end. You can let him know he is El Shaddai. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the very author of life. He is light and in him there is no darkness. You can let him know that he is perfect, amazing, and wonderful in every single way. You can let him know that he truly is a good, good father. Let him know that he is the song in your heart and the praise on your lips. And as the deer pants for streams of water, so our hearts, so our souls pant for you, O Lord. You can say, Lord, my God, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. All of creation reveals your incredible splendor. Just tell him how good he is. Seek him first every single day. Seek God while he may be found and be a wise virgin. You see, a wise virgin has oil in her lamp and extra oil. You can't pray enough today for tomorrow. Remember, each day contains enough trouble of its own. We can deal with tomorrow, tomorrow. All we can do today is make sure that we're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then trusting God that he'll take care of all the rest. And so please join me in prayer. I want to pray specifically for anyone hearing my voice right now who may not already have their faith in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray for anyone who doesn't yet know your Son as their personal Lord and Savior. Nobody comes to you, Father, unless your Spirit draws them. So I pray, Father, that right now your Spirit would move in the hearts of any unbelievers out there, that they would turn from their sin and they would turn from their unbelief and that they would turn to you and put their faith in Christ. Your word says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and if we believe in our hearts that you raised Jesus from the dead, we will be saved. So you can confess that right now for the first time. You can simply say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And when you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you have eternal life, not by being good enough, but through faith in Christ. You see, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever puts their faith in Christ will not perish, but have everlasting life. If you can believe it, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You see, you couldn't be good enough on your own. So God's plan from the beginning was to give his son as the perfect lamb, the perfect offering to pay the ransom of the sin debt of the world in full when he died for us on the cross at Calvary. And our role is this, to submit to God's plan, to admit that we are truly sinners in need of a Savior. So if you want to confess Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can do that right now. Simply say a simple prayer like this. Father, I believe what this 
man is telling me that you did indeed give your son to die for me. And right now I'm putting my faith in Christ. I'm a sinner and I realize I can't be good enough to make it to heaven on my own. But I do realize that you do love me and you proved that when you gave your son to die for me. My faith is in your son. He truly is your lamb who takes away the sins of the world. And right now, by putting my faith and my hope and my trust in your son, I thank you, Father, because your word says that through faith in Christ, I have eternal life. So right now, I turn from my sin, I turn from my unbelief, and I turn to you, and I place my trust in your son. And I'm going to let the way that I live prove that I've turned from my sin and turned from my unbelief and turn to you and put my faith in your son who died for me. Thank you, Father. I thank you for your son. I thank you for the faith that you've given me to believe, and I thank you for eternal life. I pray these things in the precious name of your Lamb who takes away the sins of the world, my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Folks, remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and as a man sows, he shall also reap. Those who give sparingly, they will also receive sparingly. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, Give, and it will be given to you with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And I'll often share this with people. You've heard it said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And that's absolute truth. You should not put the Lord your God to the test. But did you know there's an exception to that in Scripture? It's in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. And it's the Lord himself speaking. He says, bring your whole tithe into the storehouse. Now, a tithe represents 10% of a person's income. So he says, bring the whole tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't have room enough to store it. I hope you enjoyed today's update. I hope that you benefited listening and I hope that you were inspired. I am 95% listener supported. I received next to no monetization and in over 300 shows, I've only advertised for two different companies. I have links to Give, Send, Go. That's a new Christian fundraising site. And the Cash App and BuyMeACoffee.com all in the description box below this video. U.S. residents use any of those links. International residents, you have to use Give, Send, Go or BuyMeACoffee.com. They accept all currencies anywhere in the world. Again, those links are in the description box below this video. If you can't see this information on your screen right now, or if those links are not in your description box, or if you can't get the links to work, it's no trouble. Simply visit www.givesendgo. That's givesendgo.com. And you can just click search. Enter my name. I'm Christian Space Patriot Space News. And I'll come up. Thank you in advance for your incredible generosity. I cannot do this without you. And Together, we will win, especially the good fight of faith in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, for all of us who put our faith and our hope 
and our trust in him. Thanks for watching.